It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. But let's get it right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today. Father, I thank you that you give us quick understanding to your word tonight. That God, as I speak, you make my tongue the pen of a ready writer to write upon the tablets of the men and women's hearts tonight. That God, that we leave this place different than we came in. God, that we leave this place with the, the power of your word to put into action into every situation in our lives. And we thank you for it, Father. We thank you that we are a, a, a people that have a voice to speak into this situation and call it to be changed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. If you believe it, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. Turn, if you will, to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible tonight. I'm going to talk on the subject of what do you do with a word from God? What do you do with a word from God? I'm going to read a couple scriptures here, and then I'm going to give you a couple stories. And I've got, uh, normally you do three points in a poem. I dropped the poem. I gave you an extra point tonight, all right? So we're going to have fun. Amen, amen. Second Chronicles chapter 20. Look at, let's start in verse 12. This is the story of King Jehoshaphat. We have three armies that have come and camped against them, coming to defeat them. And I love what he says here in verse 12. He says, Oh, our God, will you not exercise judgment upon them? For we have no might to stand against this great company that is coming against us. Watch this. I'm reading out the Amplified Bible tonight, so it might be a little loud. But here we go. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. You can underline that, write that down. That is step number. That's not my number one point, but that's a good place to start. Father God, I don't know what to do, but my, my eyes are on you. My eyes aren't on the problem. My eyes are on the promise. Come on. My eyes are on the truth of God's word. Amen. So he's in the right place at the right time. He goes on to say here, 13, And all of Judah stood before the Lord with their children and their wives. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jezreel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jeril, the son of Mat Mat Mataniah, the Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. He said, Hearken all Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat. The Lord said this to you, Be not afraid. Let me pause there. He said, The Lord said this to you. This was God's word to this group of people. This was God's word to King Jehoshaphat. This was God speaking to him in his moment. He said, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Amen. And then God responded and said, I have a word specifically just for you and your situation. How many of y'all know that God has a word specific for you and your situation? There is something in this word. God's always speaking either by his word or by his spirit to give you a word in season. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4 says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I may have a word in season to him that is weary. Sometimes that's you and me. Sometimes we need a word for ourselves to say, God, I'm feeling weary. I'm feeling tired. But God, I need a word from you. And the Lord, the Bible says if you'll wait upon the Lord, he'll renew your strength. Come on, Roland. Amen. He'll renew your strength. He'll get you back on top. 
where everybody else is looking at you saying, how are you making it? I know what you're going through. I know what the devil's been throwing at you, but your shoulders are back. Come on. You got a smile on your face, a hip in your hop, a stride in your ride. You're going somewhere to happen. Amen. Why? Because we have a word from God. This is his word from God. And anytime God starts speaking, you need to perk up and listen. When God speaks to Dustin, I got this book right here. I've had, man, it is just jammed full. Stickers don't mean nothing. I'm just a sticker guy. You're like, what's YMC? But this is my book right here. Man, God speaks to me. I'm pulling this thing out, and I'm writing it. You know what I do? I can't, that's why it's falling apart, because every time, man, I get this thing out, I read it, I go over it, I meditate on it, I get back, I find out how it lines up with the written word of God, and then I stand upon this word. I make a decision to stand upon the word. I'm preaching my message. Let me, let me get here. Hang on. So he says, he said, this is your word. This is your word. He says, be not afraid or dismayed at this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle's not yours, but God's. When I was growing up, my mom and dad used to tell me this, uh, this statement all the time. They said, Dustin, don't take what does not belong to you. Come on, we're not thieves. Amen. When the devil comes and tries to give you sickness and disease, you step back and go, I don't take what doesn't belong to me. Amen. Jesus took it for you 2,000 years ago on the cross. What you do take is your word from God where it says God sent his word and healed them. I'll take my healing in Jesus' name. So he says here, here now he gives them instructions. The battle's not yours, it's God's. And then he's going to give them wisdom. Here he goes, goes, tomorrow go down to them. Behold, they will, I love this, he tells them exactly where they'll be. They will come up by the ascent of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the ravine before the wilderness of, of Jeruel. Verse 17, this is, this is the main verse right here. You shall not need to fight in this battle. You're not going to need to fight. Now, we know that we are, we, uh, we, need, we are to fight the good fight of faith. But how many of y'all know a good fight is the one that you win? Come on. I used to box. I was a boxer, boxed for four years, and you get in the ring, some you win and some you don't. But when you're fighting with the fight of faith, you'll win every single time. God will make sure that when you step in the ring, you're not stepping in as Dustin. You're not stepping in as yourself. You're stepping in in the name of Jesus Christ and all of the authority of heaven. And nothing, no opponent that stands in front of you has a chance to win. You might as well go ahead and call them canvas back because they'll be down in a matter of time. Amen. Come on. Verse 17, you shall not need to fight in this battle. Here we go. Number one, I'm going to give you all my points and we'll backtrack. Number one, take your position. Number one, take your position. Number two, stand still and see the deliverance. Number three, he goes on and says, who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem? Number three is fear not nor be dismayed. Fear not or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord is with you. You're going to have to wait for point number four because it's not in that scripture. I just made it up, but it's a good one. Here's what I want you to see. Number one, take your position. What is our position? When God gives you a word, what do we do when God gives us a word? What do we do? Luke chapter 1 I'm going to give you some scripture tonight, so either take notes, short drill, or just listen. But Luke chapter 1, this is the, 
angel of the Lord comes and speaks with Mary, starts to let her know that she's going to have, be with child and have the, the uh, birth the son of the living God. She said, how can this be? I know not a man. He said, the spirit of the Lord shall come upon you and you shall be with child. Look at verse 37, though. This is our position. For with God, nothing ever impossible. With God, nothing is ever impossible. And no word from God shall be without power or impossible uh, of fulfillment. What is our position when God gives you a word? It says, take ownership, take that position. Because see, in the kingdom of God, when you're receiving, it's not like Oliver Twist where your hands, your palms are up and you're saying, please, so can I have some more? But rather, your palms are down and God is saying, this is my will. This is for you. Here's my word. And you reach out and you say, I'll take it. It's mine. Thank you very much. It's a take kind of situation. Jesus provides it. You say, thank you. I'll take that for you. So we take our position. So what is the position that we have taken? What is the decision that we've made in our heart according to the word that God has given you? And that is this, that no word that God speaks is without power or without fulfillment. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, God watches over his word to perform it. God is ever ready to fulfill that word in your life. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55 that God's word goes forth like the rain waters earth, but it will not return void, fruitless, or empty. What do we do with a word from God? We take our position. You have to go ahead and solidify in your heart that when God speaks to you and it lines up with the word of God, that you're not standing in the middle going, there's God and there's the problem. Let's get ready to rumble. And, you know, you just let them go after it. And whoever's standing, then you're like, put your arm around. Well, I guess it's between you and me. No, we take our position on God's side. I'm with him. This is my God. This is my Savior. I'm with him because the, 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 your position determines the greatness of your, your perspective. Your position determines the greatness of your perspective. If you're standing near the problem, problem's looking big and God looks far. But if you're standing with God and you take your position with God, God's big and the problem's little. And you start speaking that word. You start declaring that word. And you tell the situation that word. And you say, I've taken my position. This is my stand. And I will not be moved. I love what she goes on to say there in verse 38. She tells the angel, this is our position. Be it unto me according to your word. You ought to write that down. You ought to think it. You ought to talk about it when it comes up to it. And, and, and you're standing there in that place. You have to just say, God, be it unto me according to your word. Because your word will not return void. Your word is not without power or fulfillment. Your word is going to reap and produce in my life. I'm taking my position. When Mandy and I in 2012, February 2012, stepped out, I, I stepped down from my position as a student ministries pastor there at our church in New Braunfels, Texas, Tree of Life. We stepped out by faith, and we, and we said, man, we're going to obey God. God called us into Martin Ministries International, 
And we, we knew that we were called to preach and to travel and to go. And he gave us the mission of Romans chapter 1 and verse 12. And in short, it's to impart, establish, and encourage. That's what we're called to do. And so we stepped out in faith. And, and uh, one of the things I wrote down here, listen to this. Don't place God's word up for man's approval or opinion. When God speaks to you, now when we get around like precious faith, when we get around to our company and you walk up to someone, you say, God's telling me to step out. They'll go, brother, you believe God. Whatever happens, you take your position. You believe God. You do exactly what he tells you to do. Don't look to the right or to the left. You keep your eyes fixed on him and you do everything he tells you to do. That's a person you want to hang around. Because when I stepped out, I was talking to a minister. Won't say any names to protect the innocent. But he looked at me and he said this. He's, I, he said, what are you going to do? He said, man, we feel that God's calling us out to the field ministry. We're going to travel. And he looked at me and he said, the traveling ministry is a dying breed. I said, well, praise God. God's calling us to the dying breed ministry. Hallelujah. Maybe that's why he's calling us into it so we can resurrect it. Hallelujah. I wish I would have thought about that. That would have been... Uh, that, I didn't say that when he said that. It kind of, you know, I dropped my, you know, my knuckles and was like, oh, man. But listen, when you take your position in God, it won't matter what anybody says. I guarantee you when Peter jumped out of the boat, there was probably some people that were pulling back on his robe saying, Peter, think about it. Think about it. Nobody's ever done it. No one's ever, nobody's ever, I don't even know how he's doing it, but no one's ever done it before. Peter, hold on. Come on, think about it. Come back in the boat. Let's talk. Let's vote upon it. Let's get the committee together. Let's get a consensus. Now, Peter said, let me go. He said, come. I've got my word, and I'm taking my position beside the master Jesus. Woo, glory to God. Preach myself happy. Point number two. Here we go. Stand still and see the deliverance. Stand still. We must commit ourselves to the working of the word. We must commit ourselves to the working of the word. The word of God is working mightily in me. God is working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. We must position ourselves under the working of the word. We must position ourselves under the overseeing and the, and the caretaking of that word. Come to the place where you lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledge the word. Get your eyes on that word that he spoke to you. Get your eyes on the word of God. See only the word. Talk only the word. Meditate only the word. And get in there and position yourself in that word and just stay still in the word turn if you will to luke chapter 10 this is another how many y'all just love the word i get in the word and i'm one of those guys that highlights writes in it folds pages so i can remember for quick i mean i love the word of god amen this is the story of luke chapter 10 this is the story of Mary and Martha. Jesus is in their home. Luke chapter 10. Look at verse 39. And she had a sister, to speak of Martha, named Mary, who seated herself at the Lord's what? Feet. Who seated herself at the Lord's feet. 
If you study out the madman of Gadara, uh, I believe it's in Mark that it says that after Jesus cast out the demons, he was clothed and in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. If you want to be in your right mind, you need to be seated at the feet of Jesus. Anytime that you remove yourself from the speaking of the word of God or God's word in your life, you will begin to think wrong about the situation. But when you're seated at the word, that's why we come to church. It's not a duty, an obligation. It's a moment of relationship and revelation where we come in and the washing of the water of the word comes and washes over us and it cleanses out the impurities of the world and the way they think, the way they talk, and it gets you lined back up with the word and the will of God. So when you walk out, you're talking right and you're thinking right. So she's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and I love this, and listening to his teaching, the New King James says, listening to his word. She was sitting there listening to the word. She had placed a priority on the word of God. Listen to what, I love how the Amplified brings this out, verse 40, but Martha, overly occupied and too busy. When I was on staff, Mandy and I, we worked for three years for Pastor Sam Carr as their college pastors, and as we were there, he had Mario Murillo come in uh, for a year, uh, for, uh, for every month, once a month, for the whole year. And I remember this, I've never forgot it. One of the things that he said, he said the acronym for busy. Anybody like acronyms? I'm, I'm, I kind of like, unless they're, you know, silly, like, you know, fog, you know. You're in the fog, brother, you know, praise God. Favor of God, you know, you're like, okay, it's cool, it works. But here he said this, I love this, busy. Being under Satan's yoke. I like that. Being under Satan's yoke. It's one of the things that Manny and I get asked so many times. Because as we've stepped out to do what God called us to do, when God said, Dustin, he said, one more step and I will launch you, you and Mandy, with a grace and a provision that no man will be able to explain. And he started speaking to us about this traveling ministry. And man, on the inside, I could see it like it was right there in front of me. I was so excited. Started telling people, man, we're going to travel. We're going to preach. God's doing something in our lives. And we stepped out and nothing happened. And we would go to church because that's what you do. You get up and you go to church. And you were once, I was a guy that did the, uh, at our church at New, uh, Tree of Life, I'd get up and do the transition from worship. I'd do the offering and the announcements and get in there and kind of do all that. So I went from stand up here every Sunday morning for two services, running back, doing the junior high classes, to sitting out here with, with the people doing what God told me to do, stand and take in my position, stand and see uh, still and seeing the deliverance of the Lord and people looking at you going, why aren't you up there? What are you doing? And this is the question they would ask me. All, we, they still do all the time. You guys staying busy? You, got, you guys staying busy? Huh? You guys staying busy? And I, I, will not, I will not say it. If you go to our website, I have a blog called Busy Versus Diligent. I'll look at them. I, won't, I don't go, man, we're busy. Run around like a head with my chicken cut off. I mean, I'm, we're just busy. I meant to say it backwards. You know, you're so busy, can't even say it right, you know? And I, instead, I'll say, you know what? No, we're, we're, man, we're just staying diligent. We're doing exactly what God tells us to do, taking every opportunity that comes our way. Man, we're just being, we're going after it. We love God. Woo, here we go, being diligent. Amen. Because busy will do nothing more than cause you to become weary trying to do things, impress people, place God's uh, a word out for their opinion and approval, and you're running around, and next you know you sit down and you still have no results. Yeah. 
But when you step back and you rest in the word that God's given you, and here's another acronym, receiving eternal strength in truth, and you say, God, I've got your word. I'm going to sit back and allow you to work. You do what he tells you to do, and God will put you exactly where you need to be at the right time. And you'll be fresh, you'll be alert, you'll be active, and you'll just be like, man, I'm glad to be here. Amen. So here's, here's Martha. She's overly occupied and too busy, was distracted with much serving, and she came up to him, Jesus, and said, Lord, is it nothing to you that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to get off her blessed assurance and help me, to lend a hand and do her part along with me. You know she was fully convinced that Jesus was going to go, man, I didn't even realize. Mary, get up on out of here. Get in that kitchen. I'm sorry, Martha. I'm, thank you for bringing that to my attention. You knew that's what she thought she, he was going to say. But I love what he says. Listen to this. So important. But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Anxious and troubled about many things. There is a need of only one, but a few things. Mary has chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage. Sitting underneath the word of God and placing yourself in that position and just standing still is to your advantage. People will tell you, what are you doing? Get up, get busy, get going. And you can say, it is to my advantage to be right here underneath this word and hearing the word of the Lord. It is to my advantage. The Bible says in 2 Timothy three sixteen that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable. It is profitable to you. It is to your advantage to be in the position to hear what the master is speaking. You ought to pull off every distraction. I say this all the time. The devil can't defeat you, but he will distract you. If he can get you distracted, get your eyes on other things, back to what King Jehoshaphat said. He said, I don't know what to do, but my, my eyes are on you. He was not distracted in the moment. He knew exactly where to put his attention. He put it on the word of the Lord. And Jesus said, she has chosen the good part, and it will not be taken from her. Choosing the right part. Listen to this. Psalms 37, you can write these down. Psalms 37, verse 5 says, commit yourself to the Lord. To stand still is to commit yourself to the word of God. If I'm going to make it, it's going to be because God's word in my life. I'm committing myself to that word. Commit yourself to the Lord. Trust also in him. And I love this. And he will bring it to pass. When God gives you a word, you don't have to make it happen. Oh, come on, I know what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm living it. You don't have to make it happen. What you get to do is say, Woo, God has given me a word, and I'm taking my position, and I'm going to stand still, and I'm going to see the hand of God in my life. Glory to God. I will not be anxious. The Bible says that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word will make it glad. Woo, you're dealing with some anxiety. You're dealing with some depression. You need to get yourself in the word of God and allow the good word to make you glad and put a smile back on your face and throw off the spirit of heaviness and get back in the true strength of God, his joy. Woo, man, hallelujah. 
Exodus chapter 14, 13 through 14. This is the children of Israel. They're between a rock and a hard place, the Red Sea and the Egyptians on their backside. And this is what God said through Moses. He said, stand still. And the Amplified, I love this. Stand still, hold your peace, and remain at rest. The devil can't bring the chaos and confusion in your life unless you allow it. When you start to feel that anxiousness in your flesh, I got to do something. We got to move on this. That, they're about to cut off the light bill. If we don't do something, what you need to do is you can say, I'm a tither and a cheerful giver. I'm in the position that God spoke to me about, and I'm going to stand here and watch God's word work in my life, and he will make it good. And you just, this takes me right to point number three. Let me say this to you, though, real quick. Stand still, hold your peace, remain at rest. Psalms 46, verse 10, I love this. Be still and know that I am God. Just stop. Just, just stop. Put the, put the Facebook phone down. Put, put the iPad away. You know, you've heard these preaching illustration stuff now where everybody, you know, we're all on our iPhones and stuff like that. But it really has brought an awareness to me. And you're walking around, you'll see a husband and wife sitting at breakfast and they're both on their phones. They ain't even talking to each other. Now they're knocking on pastor's door saying, we need marriage counseling because it ain't working. <laughs> I got a simple clue for you. Put the phone away. <laughs> hey, communicate. Hey, that was marriage counseling 101 right there. Just spend some time, count, just talk, communicate with one another. Get, just put every distraction, every hindrance out of the way and get quiet. Be still. One of the, the, the things that I, I enjoy so much is I get up in the morning. Ever since we stepped out to do Martin Ministries, I turn my garage into my office, and I, st- I go out there. We got a little, uh, what do you call it, futon in there. I got my books and everything in there. And turn on the little lamp. I got some instrumental worship, and I get me a cup of coffee, and I, I just go in there, and I just, I just relax. I don't fall back asleep. Come on, somebody. I get in there. <laughs> Dustin, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying. No, but I get in there, and I, and, I, and I get still. I get still. Because hearing the voice of God is really the first step to getting your word from God. Don't let anybody ever tell you, and don't let your mind lie to you that you can't hear the voice of God. You tell yourself, the Bible tells me that I I know the voice of the good shepherd and the voice of a stranger I will not follow. When God speaks, I listen, and he leads me out into pasture. That word pasture means increase in growth. God's taking me somewhere. God's leading me somewhere, and I can hear his voice. John chapter 16 says that uh, when he, the spirit of truth, has come. Come on, we know he's come. He's here, amen? He will not speak on his own authority or his own words, but he will hear, listen, and speak and show you things to come. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, cry out to me and I will show you great and mighty things you do not know. God is in the revealing business. God is in the business of speaking and talking and having intimacy with you. Having that hearing ear to hear the voice of the shepherd. When I was growing up, my dad, he did this growing up. And if you train your kids differently, I'm not getting on you. This is what my dad did with us. But growing up, my dad said this. He said, Dustin, I'm going to train you how to listen on the first and normal tone of voice. When to listen and obey. 
Because when you get older and you step out and you're 18, and I did. When I turned 18, I packed up my little 1980 pickup truck, Toyota pickup truck, single cab, and I drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma to go to Bible school. And when I left, I had this, this skill on the inside to listen and obey because what I did to my parents, I transferred over to the Father. And the Bible says that when you hear the voice of the Father, it's a still small whisper. But I want to tell you this, that you can be in a moment of chaos. You can be in a moment where there's a storm and all hell, if I can say it, is breaking loose. And even though it's a whisper, it'll be the loudest voice you've ever heard. And it'll be speaking right here, telling you, stop, move, go right, go left, do this, don't do that. Exodus chapter uh, uh, 4 and verse 12, God said to Moses, I will put words in your mouth and I will show you what to say. He said, I can't talk. I'm not good at it. I did, did a stutter. He said, that's all right. I'll put my words in your mouth and you will speak it to Aaron. And then I love this. He goes, and then I'll show you what to do. God's going to tell you what to say and God's going to show you what to do. But we have to have the confidence and the obedience to have a hearing ear and to get quiet. Stand still. Man, we, we, we have this. Back in the day, someone said ADD, and you were like, ADD? I never heard of that. Now you say that, and man, it's, oh, yeah, that's attention disorders. Yeah. Now we added on HD to it because it's high definition. I mean, man, these kids are bouncing off the walls, going nutty, man, and we're, we're just claiming it, and we even think, think it's a joke now. We're like, ha oh, ha, man, I got ADHD out there. Oh, squirrel. Oh, yeah, yeah that's funny. <laughs> We can't, we can't focus for it. I'll tell you what, you should not say it. You shouldn't claim it. You shouldn't proclaim it over your kids. If a kid's excited and got a lot of energy, tell them go outside and run around. Quit giving them Mountain Dew. Amen. Praise God. But we got to get to that place where we can quit letting the devil lie to us and we get still. We get still and we know God. A scripture, I worked for Joe Morris for two years, and a scripture he quotes all the time and that I love is Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, and it says, and the people will know their God, and they'll be strong, and they'll carry out great exploits, bold acts, and daring deeds. Those are the people that got quiet, that stood still, and they saw the deliverance of God. There's a knowing on the inside of them that when the devil comes and starts lying to you, you said, that's not my God. That's not the God that I serve. And all of a sudden, now there's a boldness and a confidence that rises up inside of you that when you see sickness and disease, you don't go, oh, and we're going to tolerate and just try to get through it. No, there's a righteous anger that rises up and says, how dare you touch the anointed and the child of God? And you lay hands on the sick, and they start covering glory to god we stand still listen to this god gave this to me when we stepped out man am i you quit your job you know you're the breadwinner if you want to say it that way and then you quit your job we're gonna go serve jesus yeah don't tell me your mind ain't gonna try to run in eight different directions just like what are we doing god spoke this to me He said speak to your anxious flesh peace be still and watch the calm we must learn to live in the heavenly joy instead of the worldly riot. Learn to live in the heavenly joy instead of the worldly riot. Number three, we're moving right along here. Here we go. Number three, fear not. This is a, really a simple one, but 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18 talks about that love, and the Amplified says, turns out fear. It turns out fear or evicts it. 
It has that implication that God's love on the inside of us evicts the fear out of your life. We have to get to that place where we memorize 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. I, I have it memorized out of the Amplified. I just love it. And, and get it deep on the inside because not only is it our responsibility to respond that way, but it's our definition of who God is in our life. Because 1 John tells us that God is love. 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 7 says that love bears up under everything and anything that comes. Its hopes are faithless under all circumstances, and it endures everything without weakening. Love, verse 8, never fades, never uh, fades out, becomes obsolete, or comes to an end. God's word is saturated in himself, in the love of God. And we need to allow that love to penetrate on the inside of us to the point that when the devil tries to come and bring the fear into our lives, we are so filled with the love of God that none of it can can move us because we know that God, if God be for me, who could be against me? Because love will do three things for you. Love will protect you, love will provide for you, and love will promote you. Because love is always thinking the best of everyone, putting the other person first. Not me, you. Jesus said, not my will, your will be done. Love is constantly thinking and having thoughts for the other person. What do you need? What can I do for you? And when you get so filled with that revelation that you are on God's mind, that God's thoughts towards you are without number, he's constantly thinking about you. Psalms 37, I think it's verse 23 in the Amplified, says that God busies himself. That's a bad word. God busies himself with, uh, the, with every detail of your life. God's up there just looking at your life, rearranging, getting things in place. The plans that he has for you, he's putting it all in order. Why? So that you can step back, hear the voice of the good shepherd, fear not, walk in his love, and do exactly the plan that he has for your life. Because fear tolerated is faith contaminated. Y'all have heard that before. Fear tolerated is faith contaminated. We, we can't put up with it. There's no such thing as healthy fear. There's nothing. God, y'all heard Brother Copeland say this if you listen to him. He says uh, uh, that God does nothing apart from faith like Satan does nothing apart from fear. When Satan comes into your life, he's trying to get you to believe his word so that you'll take your position in fear. You'll stand still and tremble in anxiety, and then he can bring it to pass in your life. But if we'll listen to God, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. We take our position in the word of God by faith, and we stand still, and God brings his word to pass in our lives. Last point right here. Y'all waited for this right here. Last point. Let me go back, if I can, to uh, fear not. I didn't hit my last thing here. Mark chapter 5. This is a good one. Y'all still glad you came tonight? Y'all all right? Pastor said he's ordering pizza, and we're going to, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right, here we go. I like that. This, it, I'm, there's a, fun, a good acronym right here, FEAR. Uh, I wrote this in my Bible when I was studying this out and preparing. I hadn't heard this in a long time. Don't know who said it. And it just, man, the Lord brought it up, and I like it. The acronym for FEAR is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. It's not real. Your lack, it's not real. It feels real, brother. I'll tell you that right now. It's, it's not real. 
because it's not truth. The highest form of reality is God's truth. And the truth we know sets you free. But listen to this. This is the story of Jairus. And God's, Jesus is uh, walking with him to go heal, uh, heal her, uh, his daughter. And verse 35, Mark chapter 5, 35, it says, while he was still speaking, isn't that something that while Jesus is still speaking, while you're sitting at the feet of the master, hearing his word, the devil will always try to come and butt in and interrupt. I don't know about you guys. When I sit down, I'm going to study. I'm going to pray. I'm going to get alone with God. Hey, honey, excuse, I don't know if you're busy. Honey, can I, is that can I do, I'm going to run out and do this. Can I do that? Can I do that? Oh, yeah, okay, babe. I, where was I? Where was I? I you almost got to find yourself like a, like, a, like a safe room or something. Lock it. Put on there. Do not disturb. No cell phone service can get in there. It's just you and the Holy Ghost. Amen. While he was still speaking, there came some from the ruler's house who said to Jairus, your daughter has died. Watch this. Religion will always say this. Why bother and distress the teacher any further? You'll never, you never bother God. Don't let religion or anybody, don't, don't bother God with your pity problems. No, don't run from God, run to God. He wants to be in every situation of your life. He wants to be a part of what you're doing. He doesn't matter how small or insignificant, let him be a part of it. And I love this. He says, don't bother the teacher. For, uh, verse 36, I love this. Overhearing... Jesus, overhearing but ignoring what they said. Woo, man, wait, that, I mean, that right there just learned the, the art of ignoring. Satan comes in, you know, I heard a guy say this one time, we, we were, you know, you're rebellious towards your parents, and sometimes God will tell you to do something, you get rebellious, I don't want to do that, God. You're like, Jonah, no, I'm going this way. Man, we got to get to that way with the devil. When the devil tells you to do something, just rebel, say, I ain't doing it. You can't make me. Ha. Glory to God, I'm going this way. I love that. Just get, get ignoring what the devil says, ignoring the doubt, ignoring the problem, the lack, the sickness, ignoring it. And Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Just keep on keeping on. Keep on rolling on faith. Keep rolling on what God spoke to you. Keep rolling on the word that he's placed in your heart. Don't relinquish it. Don't let it go. Hold it dear to your heart and keep believing what God has spoken to you. Do not give up. And I love this. Oh, man, glory to God. This brings me right into point number four, and that is simply this. Do not put an expiration date on the word that God's placed in your heart. God will speak something to you because God's word, listen to me, lives outside of time. God's word is timeless. 1 Peter uh, 1.23 says that the word of God lives and abides forever. Look at what Habakkuk uh, 2.3 says, New Living Translation. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. That means Endurance. God spoke to me one time. He said, Dustin, endurance is needed. I thought, oh, boy, buckle up. You're about to feel some pressure. (laughs) Endurance. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not delay. 
Listen to this. If you can write this down if you can or remember it. I love this. Keith Moore said this, and then I add the rest. Keith Moore said this, time tries trust. Time will try your trust. God says, I'm going to do something in your life. God starts speaking to you about your business and what he wants to do. And then you start getting this vision of growth and doing new things. And all of a sudden, time will come in and say, yeah, it's not happening. It's been a month. God told you he was going to bless everything you set your hand to, and he's going to bring new clients in, and here it's been six months. Ain't nothing changed. In fact, it's gone a little backwards. And he'll try to get you to hear the ticking of the clock to be louder than the voice of God. Time tries trust, but listen to this. I love this. But truth will trump the trial of time every time. Truth will trump the trial of time every single time time. I want to close with this story real quick. When we were at Pastor Sam's, Dick Mills came to, um, came and preached in, uh, there at the church. And in 2006, he had Mandy and I stand up and he said this to us. He said, pay off your credit cards, update your passports, fasten your seat belts, and get ready to fly. Oh man, praise God. Yeah. And the first thing that stuck in my mind is pay off them credit cards. Glory to God. I mean, <laughs> woo. Yes, sir. Pay off them credit cards. That was in 2006. In 2013, I was up visiting my parents. I hadn't seen them in over a year. Just flew up there real quick to visit them. And I had uh, gone to bed at about 5 o'clock in the morning. God woke me up. And I went out to the living room, you know, just trying to wake up. But, man, I was awake on the inside. I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. And God started speaking to me about learning how to fly airplanes. And this is what he told me. He said, Dustin, don't doubt me. Know me. Get ready to fly, for I want you in the sky. This is your new assignment. Orders have been given, favor release, and doors open. Take flight, son, for it has begun. That was six years before Dick Mills spoke to me and said, get ready to fly. Get ready to fly. Okay. <laughs> and then God arrested me, and he wakes me up, and he starts speaking to me about getting our pilot license and flying. And it's so funny because, again, taking your position, stand still, fear not, how many people, they found out I was doing that, and they said, oh, wow, you're, you're learning how to fly. I, I, I was like, oh, you got your private pilot license? Oh, no, man, it's too expensive. It's, it's expensive. And it's so funny because one of the things that God told me, he said, Dustin, uh, I've got it and you, and repeat after me, it's not expensive, it's paid for. So every time they come up, oh, it's expensive, man. I mean, every time you take off, blah, blah, blah. I just go, Father, I praise you and I thank you. And it's not expensive. It's paid for. And we're going to accomplish the will of God. Yeah, but why do you need to fly an airplane? I don't know. Ask God. He's the one that told me to do it. Good, a good friend of mine, he, uh, he flies corporate for HEB. He flies the owners and all the managers are around. So I took him out to coffee. I said, I said get me, Zach, get me out of the clouds, man. Tell me what I'm looking at here. What's going on? He started telling me, man, your VFR, visual flight rule, is going to cost you this. IFR, if you're going that route too, it'll cost you this, man. I said, okay, okay. He called me up and said, hey, man, they're doing a half-off special for ground school out the New Braunfels Airport. God supplied the money. We went out there for last year, September, uh, November, December. I got... Through ground school, part of the curriculum, you had to take your, your written test. So I did that, got a 91 on that test, glory to God. We got 7.5 hours, and it's all paid for, and, and, and that all has been paid for, and we're just walking it out by faith, standing still, taking our position, fearing not, and not allowing time to lie to us and say it's not going to happen. 
That's our current situation. I want to encourage you tonight. Don't let time lie to you. I know God's spoken some words to some folks in here. There's some things on the inside of you that God's spoken, declared to you. I'm, I'm here to encourage you tonight. Just take your position. Stand still and see God's deliverance in your life. Don't allow fear to come in and rob what God's spoken to you. And don't let time tell you it'll never happen. You stand there and you say, Father God, be it unto me according to your word. Bow your head with me. Father God, I praise you and I thank you tonight for your word. God, I thank you for that you've watching over it, ministering it in the hearts of everybody here. God, I thank you for the joy of the Lord. God, I minister that right now to everybody in here. God, I thank you that the weight, that God, you're removing the, the, the heaviness and putting on garments of praise to people right now. Father, I thank you as they came in this place with some weight on their shoulders, some major decisions and things that they have to take care of. God, I speak peace into their situation. I thank you right now, God, that you give them a, a, a quick, to give them quick understanding about those decisions. They'll know exactly what to do. And I thank you for the joy of the Lord like now, Father, that is your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, did you get something from the Lord? Praise God. Them Martins can preach, can't they? Well, let's help him get his airplane license. What do I, well, how about that? Amen. Praise God. Why don't you? I mean, given by cash, lift your hand up. Praise God. Then we'll help him get an airplane. We can do it. It ain't nothing but money. That's all it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you're making out a check, just make it out to Island Church. Listen, some of you need to get that CD tonight and listen to it over and over and over. You know, you need to hear from people that are stepping out in faith, believing God on different levels. You know, you always hear the level that we're on, the level of, of our vision of what we're doing. But when God sends people in at different levels of stepping out in faith and believing God, you can glean so much from that. You need to understand that. I remember years and years ago when Lee and I first stepped out in ministry. It seemed so impossible. But you know, when God puts something in your spirit, you know, the impossibility seems to fade as the word rises in you. And, and you know, to, to experience that, you really can't, transmit that the way you'd like to you can tell the stories you can preach the word but I want you to know God wants every person to experience it every person to experience whatever level you're on whether it's just believing God for your light bill or a healing in your body or, or, or ministry or whatever it is it's, it's, it's time for faith it's time to step out and live by faith amen praise God you love the Lord tonight hold your offerings up say out Heavenly Father tonight we sow into this ministry, receiving the word and the encouragement that was preached to us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that every need they have will be met. We participate in your vision in their lives. Thanking you, Lord, for those that will participate in our vision. Thank you, Father, for the privilege tonight of sowing. Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the podcast. For service times and special events, visit our webpage at www.islandchurchgalveston.com. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We are located at 2411 69th Street, Galveston, Texas. 
And remember to keep looking unto Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith.